1: I said we're gonna talk about the word. Sometimes God gives me an actual word, like not just "I have the word of the Lord." That is, this is like He'll give me an actual word, and the word that He gave me today was "flourish." And so, see, I liked that the guys are. I thought the guys would be like, "Oh, that's so girly. You just came off a of cherish. You guys are all cherishy." Um, but I was gonna be all like, "Look, my results-driven men out there, wait till you hear the meaning of this." Yes, as he was talking about all those alpha males. Yes, alpha males, give me a roar, yeah? I love it. Oh, my gosh. We've we've raised a bunch, have a bunch of biological and a whole bunch of spiritual sons. Yes, Garrison. And it's so fun. But listen to this, guys. This is the meaning, the, the meaning of the word flourish, okay? It's not just little flowers blooming. Although it includes that, yes. Developing rapidly, see already, it's like you know we like quick moving results, yes. We're developing rapidly and successfully thriving. The second one is grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as a result of a particularly favorable environment. And my spirit leapt when I read that because I'm like, the most favorable environment in the world is with God. And with community at church. So getting here week in and week out every Sunday is the number one way you're going to flourish. That we're all going to continue to grow. And we never get to a place. Let us never get to a place. I don't ever want to get to a place where I don't have room for growth. I always want to be growing and getting bigger and do more and help more people and be reaching out to more. and, And always wanting to get a place where I'm healthy enough to grow myself. But then the best thing is flourishing to where you can help others grow. And being trusted with—I mean, being trusted with people—that's probably been the most beautiful heavy weight about being asked a campus pastor in a, in another state when we don't have proximity to um, you know our leaders like right there. But to be trusted with you guys, to with people in the Treasure Valley, it's a beautiful heavy weight. So we we want to help you reach your full potential, but we promise to keep growing ourselves so that we can all grow together. Yes. And church is the place to do it, so um, let's do it together, yeah? (laughs) There's a few things we want to just continually check in on, and these are just kind of a little bit of more practical, just some things to keep checking in on in every season of our life um, so that we can continue to flourish and continue to help others grow. And the first one is check our words. We always want to be checking in on our words. And as I was researching this one, we've heard a lot about the power of your words. Um, uh, But this this quote I read was so, I'll just read it. Words are seeds that do more than blow around. They land in our hearts and not the ground. Be careful what you say. You might have to eat what you planted one day. I was like, whoa. Oh, we had a dance. Look at that. Good job taking a picture, Amica. You're gonna well, you're gonna all need to read that again and again and again. And it's an unknown script or unknown quote. So then I'm always like, okay, I always want to triple check, you know, let's line this up with the Bible, because everything is biblical that we preach and speak here. And listen to this, okay? Proverbs 18, 20 to 21. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So are we speaking words that that produce the right kind of fruit that we want to eat, yes? Or we want others to? So what we say is so important. How we say things is very important. Because sometimes you can say things in a tone of... You know what I mean? What you're saying, actually, the tone is saying something else. Yes. But the other thing I thought about as I was thinking on this was this is one of the other reasons it's so vital to pray out loud so that your words can be released. I mean, the enemy can't hear your thoughts, but also other people. And just the atmosphere, this favorable environment that we're in, needs us to preach those or speak those words out loud, to declare those things. That's why we always have somebody pray up here, and it's never going to be a quiet. Let's all just—we'll have times of quiet and reflection, yes. Um, We will get a chance at the end of this service to do that. But our prayer time is our warfare, and it is our declaring out loud— of the things that need to be done and shift and change, and is to bring hope. It's not if you want to, God, if you if God, if you feel like it, power. There's so much power in our prayer, and there's so much hope in our prayers. And so that's why these words need to be spoken out loud. And then there's times when I don't even know what to pray. I have been through seasons of my life. We had a season with our firstborn. He was too much like his mama he was a little rebellious and had to find himself and uh, there was times i didn't even know what to pray and so i was afraid to pray out loud cuz <laughs> so i'm like i don't want to me- i don't want to make things worse i don't want to say something and so that's another reason we have the the gift of tongues that's another reason we can speak in tongues and i would just be walking in his bedroom up and down it was a small little room um, just walking up and down worship playing i'd have worship playing in his room when he wasn't home. Whenever he'd leave home, we'd put the iPad in the room and just play worship. And then I'd just be in there. I wouldn't even know what to say, just speaking in tongues, but speaking it out loud. Because I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying, but God, you're going to bring a shift and just praying and praying and praying. And that man has come around. He was here at Easter. If you got to meet him, he's one of the most amazing kids in the world. So keeping in mind, keeping in check what we say affects ourselves. Sometimes what we say to ourselves is the worst. And then what we say out loud to others, um, it affects everyone. And uh, my dad, who was one of the mo- most magnificent, probably had the most wisdom of any man on the planet, who's passed away now and he's watching from heaven, um, times I wish he could be here, because he dreamed of having something like this up in the Northwest, um, at the time my last conversation with him before he passed away, a week before he passed away, we had just had our Pathfinder's breakfast and it was just epic. I was like, Dad, he's in the hospital, but he's I could just tell I was in California, he's in Seattle. And little did I know on Tuesday I'd get the call to fly up to come say goodbye. So this was Saturday. And you know you remember where you're at and something kind of Traumatic, you're exciting, but then you know it's it's tied to something. Traumatic happens. I remember it's where I was teaching dance at, and just and he, just telling him all about. It. He was so happy, and I could tell he doesn't. He was hurting. He had bone cancer, and he was in pain. And he was like, just tell no, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. He wanted to hear all about it. And um, he was like, man, I wish we had a pathfinders ministry when I was in, you know, when I was in business. Because he worked for Warehouser. a lot of you have probably heard of. Weyer. It's so fun to be in the Northwest, be able to say things people have probably heard of, yes? He worked at a janitor in warehouser um, when he was in college and worked just out himself all the way up to VP of Warehouser Paper Company, yeah. So incredible man. Um, and I'm not sure why I'm hitting on this this service, but somebody in here must, but must need to hear this. So I remember he's just talking about how proud he was and how epic he wished there was a Pathfinders ministry um, when he was you know, in business when he was younger, and, uh, and then he just said, you know, I really wish there was a Waken church in the Northwest, and at the time, I was like, okay, dad, you sure, love you, yeah, you know, thinking, having just no, like, oh, I, I, wa- I wonder who will go up to the Northwest someday, I wonder if Awaken will ever head up to the Pacific Northwest, um, crazy to think, and that was one of the words that dropped in our spirit when Pastor Leanne was praying over us, and we were still wavering about saying yes or no. I didn't say yes right away. Sorry, guys. We were kind of like, ah, it's a lot. Um, but as soon as she was praying over us, and she goes, I see a region. I see a region. You guys are regional. And just kept saying this word, and then it dropped in Colin and I spirit at the same time. But there's like the Northwest region. We're supposed to go help the awakened Movement, and God take the Northwest region. And my dad would be so proud, yes? So here we are. But here's, and now you, this one quote from him, you guys will know how amazing. He said, words are free, it's how you use them that may cost you. And that has stuck with me <laughs> for so many years. And so just really thinking about what we allow to come out of our mouths and what we allow to even tell ourselves, yes? Yes? Amen. Let's drink to that. My throat's really dry, so we'll just, you know, we should pass out water to so everyone we can cheers. All right, the next thing we want to always be checking on is checking our filters. Checking our filters. I know, people are starting to learn what this is. This is so fun. So, you know, circumstances, our past circumstances, things that have happened to us, but also things that we have seen or heard affect how we see things. Affect how we filter what is either said to us, done to us. Um, you know, we've always checked in with our kids as they were growing up. All our kids, our youngest is 13 now. So we have 13 to 26, plus Kenny's how old now? 30? I don't know. We have a bunch of spiritual kids that are a lot older. <laughs> You're almost 40. Wow. Hey, I'm 48. I can say that. I can say that. I can say that. Three years away. Sorry. It's just still 37. I was thinking he was still 32, my baby. Wow. Sorry. Okay, I'm 48, so I'm older than you. Okay, Deandra, stop. (laughs) Filter. See, filter. All of you. All of you who got triggered by that, check your filter. But that was something we would teach our kids. If they would come home and somebody at school said something or they heard this, even their teacher, this or that, were like, is that what was really said or is that what your filter heard? And it would open up a beautiful conversation to talk through, let's talk through what was said and how it affected you. And then why did you get upset? Okay, maybe that was, re- that was really said. Let's process through that. Let's forgive. All those things. A perfect example. So like Colin mentioned, Josiah, our 16-year-old is home. He's at the Barcelona Academy. Just signed with the Barcelona MLS team. So he will be leaving again in July, which is wild. But, but my mama heart was ready. God got me all ready. Um, but we're, it was a perfect example. So we're driving around, and Josiah's talking about something. And he said, yeah, well, that's stupid. And then Bethany says, oh, are you calling me dumb? And then Josiah's like, filter. (laughs) And in our house, you'll hear that a lot growing up, you know? But it's so true. It's like, okay, Bethany, what is in your head? What is in your soul? What is it that filtered? You heard him say something was stupid, and he was talking about something that she had seen or watched, not even about her, but she took it at, Oh, wow, you're calling me dumb. Then all of a sudden, if they—if this was ten years ago, she would have been running to me, Matt, just take call me, time And actually, he didn't. But that's how she perceived it. So then that's what she let in, and so then that's what she spreads. So yeah, watch, listen to us at church. Just start hearing people say that. No, just kidding. Yeah, but it's a great thing for the kids. It was a great thing to learn. And it was funny that it's still affecting them, you know, as 16 and 13-year-olds, you know, with their brother home for the summer. So, so again, just watching how we respond to things and how we take in things that either we've heard or have happened to us. A really funny story. Well, it wasn't funny at the time, but now it's funny. Yes? about hearing things wrong because somebody has told you something that they heard wrong so uh i don't know how many of you guys know but i grew up in dance i danced my whole life i went to cornish college of the arts i majored in dance you know and then after that i was teaching dance Um, and so i loved it it was so fun you know this was back in the 80s so take your brain back to the 80s yes when hip-hop was finally holy Okay, because when I was little, I wasn't allowed to do hip-hop because it was the breakdancing street that wasn't appropriate, you know? But then hip-hop got holy, so we could, yeah, we could do hip-hop in church. And uh, But I was teaching at Puyallup Valley Dance Center. See, I can't even say Puyallup here. Now, people have heard of Puyallup. It makes my little heart. If <laughs> you know anything about the Northwest, you know about the Puyallup State Fair, yes? Which is now the Washington State Fair, but yeah, boo. So this, this beautiful dance studio, and I was teaching, it was still to this day one of my favorite group of teenage girls. They were just fun, and they were good. Like, we were going to go to nationals, and we were going to win. I mean, they were good, and it was so fun. But I remember I was trying to be cool, trying to be hip, you know, trying to stay in with the, with the young kids. And I was young then, so I don't know what I was thinking, but 80s. Okay, just preface that again. I got my belly button pierced. I thought it was so oh, stuff. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I'm trying not to filter that the wrong way, uh, what, okay, but I remember being so excited about it, and so I was in the studio with the girls, you know, and I'm showing them, you know, because it was all girls, and so it was okay, it's all girls, um, and uh, I was just all excited about it, and then I remember saying, but don't tell your mom or dad that you should have one. Or that you want one, like wait till you're 18, you know, the whole conversation, wait till you're 18, all these things. And, But basically, I was just like, I know you'll be really excited, but I don't want you to go tell your parents. Missy said we could have a belly button ring. Like that was what I meant by what I said. Well, somehow one of the girls took it a little bit wrong and went and told her mom that Missy said, or uh, you know, they called me Missy. That was my dance teacher name. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, she got a belly button ring and she said we weren't supposed to tell you about it. Like, I had told them to keep secrets from their parents. Never. I would never tell a kid to keep secrets from their parents, especially a teenage kid. Like, uh, I would never. But that's how she took it or whatever, and then that's how she passed the information on. So that's how her mom heard it. So then the filter was, wow, what other secrets is Missy keeping from my kids? So I remember the few of the moms got together, whatever the dance moms do, you know. And... Um, and they pulled the girls out of my class. And I was heartbroken, because I was like, that's not that, that's not at all my heart. That's not at all what I, that's not even what I said. I was like, I just didn't want you to use me as an example why you should go get one. Like, that's not at all why I said. Um, and so I was really heartbroken. We ended up working through it. We ended up finally scheduling a meeting, because the, the girls wanted to come back so bad, because they missed it, because we just always have the best time every Tuesday night. Um, They ended up coming back, and we ended up working out with the parents and talking to them about what had really been said and been done. So thankfully, things worked out. But again, for that season of what was heard and what somebody else told them, sometimes that happens in church. I think people read the Bible or hear a sermon or hear a word through their filter of what they've heard or what they've said. And then they want to pass that on to other people. And then that's how religion just stifles people more and more and more. And instead of reading the Bible in context for yourself. Well, but I heard this. Okay. It's like read the rest. Did you read a quote by somebody that says unknown? I'm going to check that up. How does this line up with the word of God? Okay, So um, I just think it affects, it can affect our whole world, even into our church world, how we filter things and things that we have heard. And then also our circumstances affect our filter and how we see things. So I was adopted when I was 21 months old. Um, my biological mom was 16, and um, biological dad was 28. He was in the 70s, so I think he had a lot of kids. Um and uh, she tried to raise me, but I mean, 16, that's, thats I can't even fathom, like having to take care of a baby and, and the weight of that. But the grandparents really wanted to keep me around, so she had tried to put me up for adoption, and I've met them now, so I've heard these stories, you know, kind of f- from them. And um, then the grandparents talked her into going back and, and you know, taking me back. No, we want to, and then... Um, I found out that I guess, I mean, obviously she's 16. She's out with her friends at the beach. I guess she had left me in the car seat all day. I was like sunburnt, really bad to where uh, CPS was like, you know, I think we're going to make the choice of adoption for you. Um, and so got adopted into the most incredible Have you've heard about my dad, most incredible family. I mean, the most incredible family. And she was excited because she wanted me to be able to grow up with siblings Um, my biological mom so she all she I guess all she had written on the thing was make sure they already have kids like young kids which I thought was so like selfless and so thoughtful of her at 16 Um, uh, but what that did is it I grew up with a filter of rejection my whole life I grew up as I was always felt like I was second best I was never good enough I was never quite I was never I was awesome and I'm awesome but like I was never as awesome as you know I was never so everything I would I was always comparing myself everything I was here with through through rejection my best friend in junior high um, her name was Melissa too and strawberry blonde she's just gorgeous I was telling the first service she still runs triathlons she was sending me pictures this morning in the freezing cold you know Lake Sammamish I'm like you're crazy girl so but she was beautiful but she was sweet she was my best friend but because of my filter of rejection when we were together and somebody would be like oh my gosh your hair is so beautiful I would take that as like oh they don't like my hair oh my hair's ugly wow Or they'd be like you look so pretty to one of my friends and I'd be like oh wow they don't think I'm pretty oh I'm not pretty and pretty soon you go down that road of I'm ugly wow I'm really ugly, so then I need to start performing and trying to get attention, and then I start trying to make people like me, and tell me I'm pretty, tell me I'm pretty, doing things, start talking to guys so they'll tell me I'm pretty, not doing things that you should be doing because you just a rejection, and you're trying to fill up that, that hole in your heart that only God could fill, um, and so I would always be comparing myself in this, this second best rejection, and it really made it hard for me to celebrate other women which is really sad because like, that's like the best thing and my one of my favorite things that I, I have learned about or how to do and I've gotten healthy enough since we came to Awaken how to truly celebrate other women. I mean, there's so many beautiful women and we're all unique in our own uniqueness and just because this person's gorgeous, I mean, Spencer was the supermodel of the Parisian outfit on Thursday night. But it was so fun to be able to celebrate her and truly be like, oh my gosh, you look so gorgeous. And not be like, wow, that's nice outfit, Spence. You look, you look, you know, like I was saying, not just what you say, but how you say it, like, oh, you look so pretty, Spencer. But to actually truly be like, like, so she looked gorgeous, and I was so happy for her. And I'm sending pictures to Tyler, like, hey, hey, good job, girl. But again, it's it's the healing process from the circumstances and kind of the lot I was given. I had no choice in that, you know, at 21 months, you know, having some sort of level of, you know, child abuse to where, you know, the Child Protective Services takes you away from your family. like And then it's been so crazy to see because I did get to meet them as I was older and to really see some of my healing got to come from seeing the family's heart of how much they did want me because I grew up, no, they didn't want me, they didn't want me, you know. Um, and that caused a lot of rejection to, like, no, they really did. They were actually just selfless enough to give me away to a family and i would show her pictures i showed my biological biological mom pictures of all my dances growing up and she's like i never i never could have given you that i never could have given you that and even just growing up like not knowing where some of your like bents and excitements because i had four brothers i had an amazing mom and dad but none of them danced none of them liked <laughs> dancing my parents my dad was the Great, but he had no rhythm. I don't think my mom had any rhythm either. Um, my my brothers hated all the dance competitions until they were teenagers. <laughs> then all of a sudden, going to see the girls in leotards wasn't so bad. <laughs> Sorry, that's inappropriate. Woo, it's just truth. Sorry. Okay, go on. But but I remember even then my biological mom showing me pictures of um, my grandma. So my biological dad's mom was a rocket. And I was like, that's where I got my love for dance. Now I didn't get her legs, but I got her, that's where I got her love for dance and performing. Yay. And so something even healed in my heart. So continuing to seek out healing from those past, whether it was traumatic, some of you, it might be way more traumatic than an adoption, or maybe you weren't adopted into a great, beautiful family. Like, but going back through those past circumstances and plucking out what needs to be plucked out and then just speaking against the the rejection, yeah, and cleaning your filter and just checking on it. And it still comes back up. I think it's going to be a continual thing that I need to work on as I grow and as we grow. Yes? It says in Romans 8.28. It's going to come up here on the screen. As we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So all things will work out together for good. Let's just, let's just stay in check. Stay in church. Stay close to God and stay close to your community. That's why being part of a connect group is so important. Sometimes they can be the one to call out, filter. That's, that's how you heard it, but that's not what was said. So let's pray through that and work through it together. Not just put it to the side. Not just, no, don't forget about it. No, that's not what they said. Just forget about it. It's like, no, let's process this and heal together. Yes? Amen. String to that again. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Our last one is check our priorities. Always keeping a check of our priorities. And I think this is important because throughout the different seasons of life, our priorities change. Obviously, the priority of praying and being in the word and close to God, you know, shouldn't change. That's, that's the thing, although I can't say that that's always been <laughs> the easiest thing. you know, I've always been able to wake up early and do this, you know, but different seasons, but I think it can look different in different seasons, okay? You know, when the kids were little and you got screaming car full of kids, sometimes it is just, I'm just going to turn up the music and this is my 10 minutes of prayer while you scream, okay? And I didn't have a chance to get up before you all today because somehow you woke up early because you were teething and then your brother had a blowout and then, oh, I had no idea. Seasons like that in, in life... Where, yes, the goal will be, but it's going to look a little bit different, okay? I think one of the other things we really get caught up with in church is the priority of family. And family is important, believe me. God, church, family, community. But we've got to know that it's going to change throughout seasons. And I was sharing in the last service, I remember when we started our business 17 years ago. And if you would have asked me at any given moment if we were prioritizing the family... As far as spending time together and really like parenting together, I mean, we were together. Don't get me wrong, but Colin was working a lot, probably 60, 70 hours a week. And um, I was trying to help with some things here and there too. And, um, But I just remember we just committed. We're like, you know what, babe, this is a season of launching a business and starting a business. If we miss some family dinners, I'm not going to freak out at him. I'm not going to snap at him and be like, how could you, and how could you, you know, if he needs to get up at three o'clock in the morning because the subcontractor didn't show up to put in the floor and he's got to go install it because we're going to finish on the time because that's how we do, I'm not going to get upset at him and say, how come we couldn't? We couldn't even afford date nights. We just didn't have the cash. You know, you're pioneering. You're starting to, now, did we prioritize some time together? Yes, but does it look like it does? Did it look like it does now? No, no. We didn't have that much time on our hands. We didn't have that much energy on our hands even, I would say. Um, so knowing that your priorities can look different in different seasons, and that's okay. And your your key priorities, ch- check in with your spouse if you're married. Check in with God. Just keep doing a check-in. Where are our priorities in this season? And What do those priorities look like? Um, And sometimes I remember we would just say, okay, we're just going to go 30 days. Okay, we're just going to go 30 days. I'm just going to just take care of everything that needs to be taken care of so that you can do this. And then we'll reevaluate in 30 days. So we're still open to the communication. But the priority and the weight on him to feel like he needed to be everything to every single member of the family throughout every single week, we just had to take that off and knowing that it would grow and know that it would grow. And so I think because we took the time to do that then and we released the time and the pressure then that now here we are 17 years later where we have three companies who are we're able to promote three people to president at each of those companies so that we could come to the Treasure Valley and volunteer, happily volunteer our time <laughs> To do this, to bring the awakened movement to the Treasure Valley. Our businesses are doing good enough to pay the bills and then some. um, And then also just freed us up in the way of time to be able to do this. And so, again, that looked way different. You know, even 10 years ago, as your, as your company starts scaling, then it happens again, that it happens again. But we're always just checking in where our priorities at and knowing that our priority in our hearts was each other, God first and each other. But it just looked a little bit different. So just feel to share that, to release that to some people today. And lastly, we're just going to finish up with the priority of just generosity as we just jump into our Vision Builders Month. You know, what I love about Vision Builders, is it, is it is the number one tool for taking territory, buying campuses. But Vision Builders also funds Awaken Music. That album we put out is $25,000. Beautiful, incredible. Awaken Music is incredible, but Vision Builders pays for that. All our missions, you see the missions trips, Vision Builders pays for those. Yeah, we have volunteers that go, but that's not free to just go. There's a lot of expenses around the orphans and then the people getting there and the supplies, yes. Um, Vision Builders funds that. Awaken Theater, Vision Builders funds that. Vision Builders funds Awaken Academy, which we will bring here in time. We need to disrupt the education system. But right now, Vision Builders is paid. That's not free either. Again, people pay to be a part of the academy, but it doesn't cover all the ex- expenses when you're launching something new. So Vision Builders, that's our mission field. Pastor Jurgen and Leanne are like, our number one mission field is the kids here. We will always continue to give to kids in other countries. Don't get me wrong, but our number one mission field is the kids in the United States of America. And so the generosity, as you hear us talk about vision builders, is for taking territory and buying buildings, but it's so much more. It's so much more. It includes in all that. And I will tell you, every time we have given, our life just gets better and better. Pastor Jurgen says it all the time. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and we are the most perfect example of our world getting larger and larger going from I, I mean someday i'll probably i'm gonna probably have to do it someday put up the pictures of my house though so from that was this big literally as she was there to this big i mean god is so good but it's always been on the other side of us finishing our vision builders pledge and giving so the world of the generous gets larger and larger in proverbs 11 20, 25 it says the generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself so that's my favorite thing is as we pour out, we still get blessed ourselves, blessed to be a blessing. We're still blessed. We still get to live in all the funness of being blessed and enjoy all the things that come along with being blessed. Um, but it's also the greatest feeling to be generous, to pour out and give to somebody else from a full plate, yes? in Psalms 112.5, it says, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely who conduct their affairs with justice. guess I've just always seen so much good on the other side of generosity, even when the give was not easy, even when the give was hard, even when something in my head told me, you know what, but I've tried that before. You know, I we, I was I'm talking to somebody who started, they just started tithing and they were three months in. They're like, I haven't really seen a difference yet. I'm like, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. And sure enough, then the next week, something happens in their business and they get three contracts that they had been believing for and something just broke and now the flow's going I mean you know when you turn on the hose it's not going to just start pouring out like crazy right away you got to turn it up and then then it comes on so so I think it would just be a beautiful moment if everybody wants to stand up I want to just take a moment of self-reflection healthy godly self-reflection no weird meditation here But really, just closing our eyes and putting our palms up to heaven and just, wow. The Holy Spirit is just so, so deep in here. And this is, I'm in awe every week how much God's been showing up. Not surprised because God is so good, but in awe of how incredibly different every week has looked but how incredibly potent it is. And just to feel the presence of God in this way is so special. Just take a moment to just just reflect on on your words. Check on your words. Maybe even what you've been saying to yourself that needs to change. What you've been saying to people around you at work, to your kids, to your spouse. Maybe some of us need to just check our filter and just kind of do another layer of healing, just some circumstance or some trauma or things that were done to us that we need to forgive and bring healing to so we can filter things through the truth of God's word that you are unique, you are beautiful, not as pretty as you are pretty, you are beautiful. And being able to truly let those words sink into your heart and soul and your mind. And then for some of us, just, just to check in of our priorities, our time with God, our time in the our time with our family making excuses maybe to not get to connect group not get to church Yeah, we understand we've been through them all I really want to just take 60 more seconds of silence I just feel to let you just get with God Is here is just making sure that every single and the person in this room has a relationship with Jesus, a personal relationship with the God who adores you, who wants a relationship with you. There's somebody in here that God's been chasing you and chasing you and chasing you, and He's just gonna keep chasing you. But but I see you finally just saying, you know what, God, I'm gonna surrender. God, I can feel your presence, I can feel you, and I just want to surrender. So if there's anybody in here who maybe you've never had a relationship with God, a personal relationship, or maybe you have before and it's just just not as strong as it was, maybe it's not as deep as you want it to be right now, just lift your hand. We're going to say a prayer all together. Just, just raise your hand if you, if you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, maybe for the second, third time, or just even at another level. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful. I see your hands. Let's just pray this after me. Let's bring to pray this together. Father God, I thank you that you've been chasing me, that you love me, that you are a good father. I give my life to you. God, I surrender my heart, my world, my mind to you. Come into my heart, come into my mind and come into my soul and continue to make me whole. In Jesus name, amen. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Wow.